Hello and thank you for joining us again for Journeys in Grace. Hello, my name is Pastor Eric Hubbard, and we're going to today begin to continue to walk in the Word of God. And as we're going to pivot from uh, the seed as the Word of God, but into how that we should use the Word of God and what the God, Word of God is, uh, is, is, is been provided to us for, provided for, to us for. And what I mean by that is, people died so that this word could be presented to us. There were some who were uh, burned at the stake. They were killed because they dared to print the word in English. And you can read the his, historical uh, accounts how that, um, I believe it was William Tyndale, uh, if I'm not mistaken, in the 16th century, who dared to uh, begin to convert from the, the Latin uh, uh, Catholic Bible into an English version. And I could be mistaken, please check me on that. But again, not only him, but there were others who dared to get the word of God into the hand of what we would call common people. And common people were not the priests, they were not those who I would call professional Christians. Uh, and excuse me for, uh, for, my, for my, what I just said, but I don't, I don't want to offend anyone. But just what, what's common called today lay people are just the ordinary saint, the ordinary believer who didn't go to seminary, didn't go to college, didn't study, didn't make the uh, study of the word their lifetime, but they just needed God's word in their hand. It needed their, in, in their hand. And so men died for it, for their belief that the Bible should be in the hands of people every day. And especially in our day, you look now, the Bible is everywhere. The history uh, of, of and records of the number of Bibles that have been printed, it is the most popular book of all time. There is no other book close to as many Bibles that have been in print or in the hands of people. And just consider now, you can get the Bible on tape, you can get it on a, a, a CD, you can get it uh, on the internet. It's, it's everywhere. It's... it's, it's uh, uh, available for us, and you know, it may not touch every print. There may be some dark places uh, in some continents where people who can't read or whatever. But I believe the hearts and minds of believers everywhere is that the word of God be available for all. So this is why, again, I'm pre I'm preaching, I'm teaching, I'm uh, putting doing putting my uh, pebble on the, on the house so that you know that the word of God is plain to us. I believe that's what my job as a minister is, is to not try to try to be sophisticated or to preach above uh, the heads of the people because of their understanding, let's put it that way. So because I believe, as, as Isaiah said, that it's so simple that a fool will not err. It's so simple. And you can know the, the fool is someone who doesn't believe in God, who uh, uh, have no desire for the knowledge of God. But Isaiah said there is a way. And that way shall be called the highway of holiness. And that way shall be so simple that a fool would not err. So today we're going to start in the book of Romans. Romans, the 10th chapter. I'm going to read a familiar scripture, Romans 10 and 8. And here Paul is talking about, and many scriptures that you hear many times in church, about the road to salvation. Some call it the Roman road. But here in Romans, 10th chapter, 8th verse, we're going to talk about again, the seed, but we're going to, again, we're going to pivot toward uh, the authority of speaking the word, but we're going to uh, just finish out what we talked about early, earlier about the word of God. So now let's go to, again, Romans 10, verse 8. 
But what saith it? The word is nigh thee. Roman, uh, Paul is saying it's near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. What word? That word of faith which we preach. So what Paul was saying to the believer is that you've heard us expound on it. You've heard, sat in the, uh, in the in the synagogues or in in homes and uh, maybe out in the field or in the, in, the, in the courtyard in the cities. And you've heard us speak this word because we know that when the word is is in, in, is is received by faith, and it's like an injection, injection uh, of energy or you know of of, of uh, uh, there's a word I'm looking at uh, endorphins. What I want to say endorphins are things. It's, it's like an energy shot. For you may be weak, and the body produces those endorphins, so that uh, um, you know you just get that that extra extra motivation, that extra superhuman strength that you didn't even know that you had, but because you needed at that time. And that's what the Word of God will do; it will energize you. And that's what Paul is saying here. He says the Word's in you; it's in your mouth, even in your heart. So what Paul is saying, if it's in your heart. At the time needed, as you've meditated on it, you've, you've, you've molded around your mind, you are, you've studied it, and at your time of need, that word will come up and be available for you. Uh, uh, that word, he says, that word of faith which we preach. And that's the word we want to hear, the word of faith. Because the word of faith is the word of grace, which says, it's not by power nor by might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Not only that, but uh, as, as, as Galatians 2.20 says, I live by the faith of Jesus Christ. It's not even my faith, but God has infused, he has put in me. He has put in his, the, the faith of his son in me so I can believe. An unfailing faith. For the scripture says, we've all been given a measure of faith. A measure means an exact, it means, it, it means sameness. For lack of a better word, it means it doesn't mean that you got uh, a cup. This person over here got a barrel full. Another person may got a got a gallon, and this this person over here, oh, they got a spoonful. No, he said we've all been given a measure of faith, meaning we all have the same faith. Paul Peter said we have the same like faith. So the same faith that Peter uh, pulled on to to, to uh, write the scriptures and to spread the word. This is the same thing that we have today to go about our everyday life, to be an example, to uh, uh, show the world that, you know what, I am not perfect, but I am an example of a changed heart. You can follow me as I follow Christ. And it's important to, 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 uh, to distinguish. He said, follow me. You can follow me as I follow Christ. That was words of Paul. Follow me. In other words, it follow me. See my example, but the example of how I moved as I followed him. It's Christ in me, the hope of glory. Because if you're following Eric, both of us are going to fall in the ditch. But if you follow Eric as Eric follows Christ, then we both are headed toward heaven. If you follow your pastor as your pastor follows Christ, you're going to heaven. Why? Because we're going to be like the Berean church. We're not just going to hear a preaching, but we're going to go back and we're going to read it and study to see the things that we heard are true. Is it in the scripture? If it's so, then what I heard is true. And I want to go back to what I said in a previous, uh, uh, whether a, 
a teaching that I, I'm, I'm teaching on and want to make sure that we get our minds off of sin. You say, preacher, how can you get your mind off of sin? Because Jesus took care of all sin, past, present, future. So how can, you know, some people will say, preacher, you're speaking blasphemy. What do you mean Jesus got rid of sins past? I know he got rid of sins that I did from before I got saved. And I know I can ask for Jesus to forgive me today, but how are he going to forgive me for sins that I may commit 10 years from now? Well, you better pray that he can, because Jesus died over 2,000 years ago. So every sin that you ever committed in this life, you, you sin in the future. And see, the church, as a church, we've gotten hung up on sin. And I want to tell you and, and, and make it plain real briefly. If you sin, you will have unbelief. Because that's where sin comes from. That's where sin originated. Sin came because Satan told them that Satan made um, uh, uh, Adam and Eve believe that God was holding something back from them. And in their whole thing, they were like God. They were made in his image. They had the power and authority which Satan took from them. But because they believed the lie and were deceived, he stripped them of their power. He stripped them of their authority and they became subject to him. So sin is not a problem for the believer today. It's the unbelief that makes us sin. The unbelief, you know, makes the, 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 the thief go out. You know, if the thief knew that God had already supplied all things in this life for him, for that person, if they were had a mind to work, would say, okay, Lord, if you already prepared for me, if you already done those things for me, and the only thing I need to do is believe and just keep living, why would I take the risk of going to jail for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, and miss out on the life of my family, of my children, of the sea, uh, uh, my, my nephew, nieces and nephews grow and see them uh, become uh, uh, something in life. We wouldn't do that. We wouldn't steal. We wouldn't lie. We just recognize that, you know, because many times we lie because we want to we wanna look good. That same unbeliever, you know what, I'm going to look bad in the eyes of people, so, you know, I got the front. That's an old school word of saying, you know, be hypocritical. Because I've got to put on so that I'll act like what I'm not. So you'll believe that what I'm not, I am. Which is a hypocrite. Someone who puts on as though they're one thing and they're not. Which is unbelief. Because you have everything as a believer on the inside of you. Everything. And if you would just believe and trust him and receive by faith the grace of God. And I'll say it, I'm going to keep saying it. One touch of God's favor is worth a lifetime of labor. We just need to walk in the faith of God, trust in what he said to us. And if you trust him, if you believe in him, and if when you begin to, when you believe that, that, that conception of, of, of faith hitting word will produce blessing in your life. Yes, uh, uh, faith will, will produce a miracle. And every now and, every now and then, uh, I'll put it this way, rarely do you want to live in the place of miracles. Because miracle is something that rarely happens. 
where we want to be at is walking in blessing. Because you can be blessed every day. That's why we are the righteousness of God. Not because I'm, uh, uh, when you look at me, you say, oh, you know what? Oh, he didn't do that right. Oh, he didn't say that right. He got the wrong scripture. He lied. It wasn't there. It was 10 chapters over. Well, you know why I'm the righteousness of God? Not because I know so much, but because I realize I know so little. I trust in Jesus that he's going to take all the mistakes that he can work through. All of my mispronunciations, all of the uh, uh, the errors I may make in in uh, uh, saying one thing and, and really I thought I really didn't get it exactly right. He knows my heart. My heart is to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So that you would recognize, yes, you need the preacher. But you can't live, you can live with the preacher and still be weak and go to hell. What you need the preacher for is that you receive the word from him or her. Whomever your pastor may be, you want to receive the God said word. And then you go study it for yourself. And let the conception of faith and the word produce blessing in your life. But Jesus brought about the new deal. This new deal says it's not about what I do. It's about who I know. I believe it was Josh, uh, uh, Josh Meyer said, it's not about your who, it's about your do. Not rather, yeah, it's not about your do, it's about your who. Because you can do all the good things, but it's not about what you do. It's about who you know. And if you know Christ in me, I don't holler, let me, let me, I'm coming down. If you know it's the Christ in you, the hope of glory, Jesus can work out any, I don't care how bad you messed up. I don't care. If you can just, by faith the Lord, help. That's the, one of the greatest prayers you could ever make. When you recognize, that's Paul said, Lord. He said, I'll pray three times for this thing to depart from me. And what did Jesus say? My grace is sufficient. 2 Corinthians 12 Nine, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. And when Paul heard that, he said, most gladly, therefore, will I glory in my weaknesses and infirmities. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Why would he be weak when, uh, why would he be strong when he's weak? Because he leaned back into the arms of Jesus and Lord Jesus. I got something for you to handle. I got something for you to handle, Lord. Yes, I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna stand. Yes, Lord, I'm gonna wait on you. How? I'm gonna keep doing what you told me to do. I'm gonna keep preaching. I'm gonna keep being a mom. I'm gonna keep being a dad. I'm gonna keep going to work every day. Yes, they mistreated you on the job. Yes, they didn't give you the promotion that you deserve. No, yes, they 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 promised you a raise, but you didn't get it. But you say within yourself, Jesus, I trust you. All is well, Lord. I am blessed and highly favored. Now I'm, 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 I'm making minimum wage, Lord, but I see a better day. Lord, I'm healed. Yeah, my, my head may be hurt, may be pounding, Lord. 
Yeah, they told me my arm is broken, Lord. I don't, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. I'm going to have to go to work with one arm, Lord, but I'm going. I trust you that you are the mighty healer. You are the healer. You are Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, our God, our provider, our provider. You are Lord. You are God. You are my healer. By your stripes, as Peter said, I was healed. You healed me 2,000 years ago. So then you speak to that arm and say, arm, I declare you are healed whole and well. Bones be mended in the name of Jesus. And then you go and do what you got to do. You got them, you walk around, you got to do it, keep that sling on it, keep that pad on it. You do what you got to do and do what you have the ability to do. Yes, they pronounced you with cancer. But Jesus is the cancer destroyer. His blood, the stripes on his back were for you. That's why Paul said in the Romans 8 chapter, he says, the word is nigh you. Where? In your mouth. Why? Because it's in your heart. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Speak that word that God put in you. And you got to speak to your mountain at Mark eleven twenty three. He said, if you was, he said, speak to yonder's mountain and it'll be cast into the sea. Speak that to your mountain. Say, in the name of Jesus' mountain, I declare you are destroyed. Cancer, you are destroyed. You are no more. I declare it in Jesus' name. And then go about doing what you need to do. If you need to take the medicine, take it. But have peace about it. Say, no, Lord, I, I declare cancer is out of my body and in the very effects of this treatment, Lord, I've taken so far, I declare it null and void. Some folks are healed before the cancer treatment. Some people are, are healed during it. Others, when they're, when they're finished the treatment, there is no evidence that they ever had cancer. There's no bad way to be healed. Just be healed and receive what God has for you. And he said, again, the word is nigh you, even in your mouth and in your heart. What? The word of faith which we preach. And then he goes on to say, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God had raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Why? Because that word was conceived on the inside. Then you speak it out of your mouth. You may not feel saved. You may not feel healed. You may not feel blessed. But I read about what you said, Lord, in Jeremiah 29, 11. You said, I know the thoughts I have concerning thee. I'm paraphrasing. Thoughts of good and not of evil. To bring you to an expected end. God has an expected blessing for you. He sees you as more than what you are. He sees you as more than enough because his son is on the inside of you. No, you are nobody's punching bag. You are nobody's drug mule. You are nobody's prostitute, male or female. You are nobody uh, 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 less than. You are a child of the king, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. He called you. He's calling you out of what you're in. That's why I, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Jesus doesn't just speak from out here. He comes on the inside of you and he will be with you in your problem. In your addiction, Jesus is there with you, letting you know, I got you. I'll bring you out of this. I'll 
I, I broke an addiction over your life. Come. That's what he's saying. Come. I got you. Why don't you trust me? But then he goes on to say in the uh, 11th verse, for the scripture said, whosoever, I'm sorry, I missed skipped 10. For with the heart, man believes unto righteousness. Again, that seed. That seed's on the inside of you. It says, I'm right. Although your actions, you may have wrong actions, but your action has got to catch up from what God has done on the inside. Your spirit, man, is whole. He's healed. He's well. He's just like Jesus. That was First John said. As he is, so are we in this life. So are we. I put in this life. As he is. As Jesus is. As Jesus is. As Jesus is. So are we. In this life. Now I know, I know in the world to come, you know what? That's, it's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be awesome. Heaven is going to be awesome. But I want to tell you right now, not in the sweet by and by, but I want to tell you that He has given us, that He has given us all things, as I said before, I'll say it again, all things that pertain unto life and godliness, if we'll only. Just believe. But we know all things. This is First John uh, 2 John 2.20 said, but you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. You know God's got a plan for you. You know he's, he's, he's spoken to you. I said, come daughter. He's been calling you since you were a little girl. He's been calling you since you were a young man. And you're still out there looking, searching, the old song says, looking for love in all the wrong places. Jesus is the love you're looking for. And if you receive him, he will flood your life with love and give you some direction. See, you can go around in circles all your life if you don't have direction. There's an uh, uh, interstate around Atlanta. It's called 285. You can go 100 miles an hour. If it, well, maybe if the police don't catch you, 100 miles an hour on 285. And you know what? You'll never get to Florida. I don't care what part of 285 you start on. You're going to end up at the same place. You know why? Because it's a circle. If you don't follow the directions of exiting on the 75 South, you will never get to Florida. You just go around and around. And that's what some of us have been doing. We let life take us around and around. We can't break the addiction. We've been, you know, you've been married again and again and again. Same thing. Men beating on you. Women cheating on you. Seem like pick the same woman every time. Same man every time. Sometimes we need to look in the mirror and say, you know what? The only thing changing is I, things. I get different men, but I seem like I get the same result. I tell you, your picker, something wrong with your picker. You're the one doing the picking. But we have to come to a place where we trust him. We trust him and what he said and what he's, he's faithful. And this is the scripture I quoted a few minutes ago. I want to make sure I clear it up. 1 John 4, 17. It says, herein is our love made perfect, that we may have 
fullness in the day of judgment. Because as we are, so are we in this world. You look in the mirror and say, wait a minute, I just got saved, preacher, uh, Sunday. And it looked like uh, uh, all my buddies came around and, you know, and one thing led to another. And I started doing some of them same things. I quit after I realized I was saved. God told me not to go, but I went. You know what? He still loves you. Because he changed the inside man. He came over and one thing led to another. And I, I barely got him out the house. I thought I was going to burn up because I got on fire. But you know what? Jesus still loves you. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. It's not the, it's not the sin that's the problem. It's the unbelief. Jesus handled the sin when he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you after you get saved. Our problem is we don't believe. And that unbelief can only be pushed out by belief. You got to change that. And, and the way when Jesus said, my, my people perish for lack of knowledge, because we don't know. We have so much unbelief. Ain't nobody right. Ain't nobody saved. Preacher ain't right. No, ain't, and there's no perfect preacher and there's no perfect church. And if you found one, which would be empty, when you walked in, church ain't perfect no more because you can't. If I can't, church is not, wouldn't be perfect because I can't. But Christ in me, that's what God's looking at. Because we received his son. Because we acknowledge him as Lord and Savior. Now we can walk in the newness of life. Let me hurry now. We're not going to finish today. But um, the next verse we just want to talk about. It says, for, for there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord is Lord. Is richer to all that call upon him. For whosoever call upon the name of the Lord. What? shall be saved. But I want to go back to the 11th verse, which I skipped. Uh, this is Romans 10 and 11. The scripture says, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. There's no difference between Jew and Greek. For the Lord, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. Jesus is rich towards you. So in other words, he gives abundant love. He covered all of your sin, all of your error, all of your mistake, everything you ever done. He said, I got you. The problem is, or the question is, do you believe? In the middle of your mess up, if you will get up, please, I already got you. I fixed the inside, man. I got to get word in you now. If you receive the word of God and mix it with faith and say, Lord, I receive it. And don't worry about how the change happens. Just keep trusting him. You may have an addiction. And some people, you know, they get delivered and set free from whatever hell and holding them. The very first day when they get saved, they drop. Whatever the addiction may be, they drop the issue. And they go on. Yeah, they're going to have other issues to deal with. But that thing, major thing that was, that was hindering them. They drop it. Never smoke again. Never smoke weed. Never take uh, uh, meth. Never take any more crack cocaine. They drop it that day. Then there are other people. Looks like they got to walk it out. But everything's by faith. Jesus says, according to your faith, don't let go. Don't turn around. Don't let Satan convince you that you, you are nothing. 
Jesus loved you. And that's why he gave himself for you. He gave, that's why his grace is extended for you. That's why he keeps pulling and tugging on you. Say, come on, I got you. Come on, I got you. Come on, I got you. And then you will see the change if you receive that word. It's the word that makes the difference. See, we want to clean up the outside. And it's good to dress right. I have got no problem with dressing modestly. Moderately. with, With modesty. But dressing modestly don't make you saved. It's that inside man. That inside woman. That spirit. If your spirit is clean and you are taking in the word of God, oh, you're going to change. Because Jesus on the inside is going to come out. He'll change you from the inside out. If you, as you receive his word and it's revealed to you, you will see that change being awakened. And the word of God begin to manifest in your life. As your soul and your flesh catch up. With your soul catches up within your spirit and your spirit and soul dominates your flesh so that now you begin to walk that which you already are. You are holy before many times before we we act holy. We just don't know what we have. Just like being blessed. God will call you blessed when you have a dime in your pocket. I'm going to end here. I'm I'm, I'm ending early, but... uh, I just, want, I just want to feel like I need to say this, that uh, way back, many years ago, when I came to Georgia, I came with $125. Two weeks. All that money was gone. And I came looking for a job and, you know, with my degree and blah, blah, you know, a lot, a lot of things in between that. But long story short, one day, you know, I'd been over here many months, probably, uh, probably about a good six, seven, eight months. I did odd jobs. You know, putting in resumes. Seemed like I couldn't buy a job. But one day, the Lord had this elderly mother. I never, you know, I, I would say hello. I'd always try to speak to everybody and be, be nice and friendly. But this one day, she spoke to me. She's a preacher. I've been called a, I've been called a preacher at 19. But she told me, she said, preacher, I had a, I, I, I'm going to tell you something that I saw. And she told me her vision, how that, uh, you know, she said, I saw money just, running out of your wallet, and, 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 you know, you were just so blessed. God had blessed you, blessed you, blessed you. And at that very moment, I wonder if I had $3. <laughs> I had just come in, out from out of town, uh, uh, and, and I was helping the minister, supporting the ministry, in whatever way that I could do. Sometimes I would drive, sometimes I would uh, teach a little brief Bible study as, as, the, as, I, as my pastor went in, out of town on occasion. I didn't have a big role. I was just support, just doing whatever I was asked to do. But this wonderful mother, sweet mother, she told me that that encouraged my heart. But if I would have looked in my pocket at that time, I wonder if I had three dollars. But I just held that in my heart. I think I told my fiance at the time about what the uh, what, what the woman of God had said, and I held on to it, and that came to pass. God, I want to tell you, it doesn't matter what you are today, where you are today. Don't let your present situation determine your future. The scripture says, trust in the Lord with all your heart 
and lean not to your own understanding. We show our trust by believing on the word that we know that God has put in our heart. And again, it doesn't matter. You know, we all need to have as much scripture and as much word as possible. You know, I'm, not, I'm never going to put down reading the word. And, you know, if you want to memorize it, so be it. But the, it's the word that you receive and that you mix in with faith that is activated in your life. And what I'm saying today is we have the ability that when we hear that word and it sort of leaps in us like a baby and it connects with it. But it's, 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 we got to, you, have to, you have to water that word, study it, and let it be. That's how it becomes manifest. Because if you don't, Satan will take it. And you can walk out the church and you, you, know, you didn't write any notes down. You didn't write the scripture down. And what did the preacher preach about? Uh, I don't know, but it was good. See, you lost it. But again, as I pivot into speaking the word of God and taking your authority, but you can only take authority over what you own. See, when you own something, you have authority over it. You can do whatever you want to. I can give you the money to buy a brand new car. And you got the title to, you go down to the, uh, to the dealership, buy the car. You can go take it out in the field and burn it up. It's your car. Because you have the authority. As long as, you, as, long as you're not endangering someone else or their other property. You can burn, you take it on your land. Put it that way. Put it on, take it to your land that you own and burn a brand new car up. Now, I think that would be a waste. But the point being, you have the authority. We have the authority. And what we have to do is to use the word that God has given us and we will see and receive a great reward. Again, I didn't, I didn't finish up today, but I pray that you receive the word as we try to go deeper and understand what God is saying. Stay with me. I'm going to say some hard things. I'm going to say some controversial things. But what's required is that not only that we hear, but that we study. That would Paul spoke about the Berean church. They studied. When they heard the preacher preach, they said, okay, let's go see. Let's go study the word. And so this is what I'm, I'm asking you to do. And I think what God is saying to us, when he said, my people perish for lack of knowledge, it's because they did not, they, when they heard the word, they didn't, they didn't study it. They didn't take it to heart. They didn't, they didn't mull over it. And say, okay, how did this apply to me? But God is so good. He's still merciful. Even when we don't know all the scripture, you know, and, 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 but I'm going to tell you, uh, it's the truth you know. The Bible says the truth will set you, make you free. It's the truth you know that will make you free. Yes, God is merciful. We all have missed the mark and going to miss it again. But God is so merciful, saints. He is so merciful, church. He is such a good God. And I pray that, that we all would grow in grace. On this journey of grace, it's about receiving his word and allowing that word to be activated within us. And then we speak it, not just for ourselves. Most of the time, I'll say this as we end today. You praying for other people, you believing and agreeing with someone else and praying for their miracle will help your miracle to come. The Bible says, blessed, uh, more blessed to give than to receive. You giving. What, what you want. If you want money, give money. If you want friends, show yourself friendly. 
If you want a healing, pray for someone else to sick. And see the mighty hand of God reciprocate or uh, do for you as he's done for others. I pray, God, that you receive the word today. Father, we thank you for the word. We thank you for Jesus, all that he's done for us. And I pray, Lord, that this word would go into the hearts of those who hear, that they would take these things and study them out, Father. For your grace is truly sufficient. For your strength is made perfect in all of our weaknesses. And for those, O oh Lord, who don't know you, Lord, I pray. I pray, that they will, I pray that they will repeat this prayer after me. Father, I come to you today. Save me, Lord. You know the life that I've lived. And I present myself to you as I receive Jesus as my Lord as my, and my Savior. And I believe that you receive me into the family of God. I pray that you pray this prayer today. That you would find a Bible-believing church, one that believes in Jesus, speaks the word of God in truth, and believes in the fivefold ministry of the church. The prophet, the priest, prophet, rather, the pastor, apostle, evangelist, and all that, and teacher, and all that is involved in the body of Christ. I pray again that something be said today will be a blessing to you. I pray you join us again for Journeys in Grace. This is Pastor Eric Covered.